Hello, everyone. I'm Arlene Smith, and this is Healing the Hearts of Healthcare. Join me each week as we journey together to identify how you can heal your heart from the great sadness. Because the pandemic changed everything for healthcare workers, and you're a healer, and you need to heal your heart so you can continue to do the great work that you were meant to do, which is caring for people. Each week, we will explore new ways to heal through self-discovery, self-reflection, and self-compassion, to reawaken your spirit and to reconnect passion to purpose. Sit back and relax and listen to these words. Absorb them into your mind and let them settle into your heart to allow the healing to occur. Hello, everyone. It is Arlene Smith, Healing the Hearts of Healthcare. And I am super excited to be joined by Noreen O'Sullivan. And I'm going to have her introduce herself in just a minute because she has developed this extraordinary model that she uses with children and parents. And when I learned of it, I immediately thought, you have to be on my podcast because I need you to share this to our healthcare workers because it's so incredibly important, this journey of healing our hearts, right? And so, Noreen, before I introduce you, you know, there are so many commonalities when, when um, you and I um, initially met or how I got to know you. You and I met well, quite some time ago, right? You, We were both involved in right. one of Lori Smith's um, flow challenges, and we met sort of in a Zoom call where we were all sharing um, the things that we were doing to get us sort of in that flow state. And Lori was a guest host on one of my podcasts, and I just quite naturally thought about you, and I thought about the work that you shared, and I thought, oh, I have to have her on, right? And then the second part of it really was um, for our guests and our audience, they should know you live in Denmark. Um, even though you're a native New Yorker, you're married to Dane. And um, Denmark has a very, very special place in my heart. I have a lot of friends from Denmark. Um, I have some family that still lives in Denmark. And um, I worked for an amazing organization that was headquartered in Denmark. So I did a lot of travel uh, to Copenhagen and exploring the country. And I can really see when you visit Denmark, you can really see why it is one of the happiest places in the world, right? It's just extraordinary. Um, Absolutely. So, Noreen, let's start. Why don't you give everybody just a little bit of background about yourself and your passion and how you're bringing that to work every day? Okay. So, I am a teacher. I've been a teacher from my days, my young 20s in New York. Then I became a mom, and I then animals came into our lives, and I was always fascinated with teaching love and compassion. And I started my own business, uh, Animal Assisted Teaching. I'm an author. I do workshops. I work with families. I use horses. And all around me are my animals that some have passed. But they're, they're still with me in all the work, teaching love and compassion for misunderstood behavior. Right. Um, and I think I remember that time when we met um after that flow challenge 
that we stayed after hours and kept talking because I thought, wow, you know, working with elderly people, it's for, for me, it's like this, this whole umbrella of misunderstood behavior is, is so common and seen. That's also a, a soft spot. A soft spot in my heart is um, for elderly people, basically anybody who can't advocate for themselves always, and that would be children, but also parents, right? And that's what I'm working on currently. I'm writing, I'm turning my children's book, Look, Listen, Love, into a parenting book. Basically, everybody needs love and compassion. So, but some some people need a little more than others, right? When Absolutely. They can't themselves, yeah. Yeah. So when when I think about this podcast, I mean, I developed this because I it really this idea was planted on my heart probably two years ago, right? As I was walking with my dogs, it just very naturally came to me and said, like, healing the heart, use your voice, right? So. Um, I actually didn't take action on that for a while. And then it chased me down, right? Uh, to say, no, no, this is really important. Um, because I do believe as an educator myself, a nurse educator and working in the field of long-term care. Um, but I also have lots of friends that work in the hospital setting. COVID changed everything for every single healthcare worker, right? We were exposed to a lot of pain and suffering and um, many, many, many people. I have many conversations with people and they say this over and over again, the tears well up in their eyes, the, their throat gets very crackly and they remember and recall those experiences and so there's this real call for healing because when we think about it, these are our healers, right? They are, they're put on this earth and they were designed to provide care in a way that was going to heal another human soul, right? And their being and, and the how that, that happens um, is through energy that passes with each other, right? And so I really do feel like we have to stop and we have to look at those heal at those healers right now and take sort of an inventory of what's going on in their space to say, you know, what, it's okay. It's okay that you're feeling this way. This podcast, I'm hopeful through the guests that share are going to give people lots of ideas and someone will naturally come out of this saying that worked for me. Right. And that's how I feel about yeah. your model. Yeah. Right. So why don't we start there with the model itself? Why don't you explain it um, to our audience so people can get like a real sense of how you actually use this? Yeah, well, actually, it's, you know, no coincidence that I'm here on, on your podcast, because when I came up with the idea of, you know, it was during COVID and everybody was splitting. And it didn't matter in Denmark, in New York, wherever you were, people all around the world, right, were on one side of the fence of how they were going to do COVID, right? <laughs> and everybody felt very strongly. And I know we've talked about that, you know, how nurses feel and how these people feel and vaccinated, not vaccinated. And and I sort of was, I was able to, to sit on the fence and, and see both sides. Right. And I thought, how, how, how can everybody start looking inside themselves, just dealing with their own emotions around this? Because 
at the end of the day, everybody's allowed to have your own opinion, but to have it and not be triggered seemed to be the key, right? If I can go around, which I did very much, I, and I won't even say what I did or didn't do because it doesn't matter. But what I did, I wasn't triggered by what I did, right? Whether I vaccinated or, or not. Um, I just was non-judgmental. I didn't judge people who didn't vaccinate. I didn't judge people who did. I stayed very neutral. And I, and I thought, how can I teach that to people? How can people stop judging? Because that's in, in when I'm teaching love, I, it, for me, the only thing that's black and white is that there are feelings that have love and there are feelings that need love. Correct. That is it. Right. And, and every time we're in a feeling that needs love, it's, it's a call for love, right? We, we need love there. And, and that is every time we shame, blame, guilt, judge, and that could be to ourselves as well. Right. But in the case of the time when I came up with it, it was, it was definitely people were at each other, right? Mm. Um, and then I just thought, well, if they could just look at what they actually feel, because even though everybody had the same sort of catalyst, which was this virus, everybody, it brought out a different feeling, you know, on this trigger response. Some, it was deep, deep rooted sadness. Some, it was deep, deep, deep rooted anger. It was like, it was bringing everything up to the surface, right? And everybody had a different experience. And I thought that's where people need to start. Look, what are you feeling? What are you really feeling? And not what, and it's so hard for people to say, well, I feel that they should wear a mask or I feel that they should, you know, whatever it was. And, and just go back into, that's okay. That's you're It's fine. But what do you feel? And then they, you know, would have to look at what do they feel? And this goes for everything. It's not just around Corona. This is, it, it's, you can apply this to everything in life. If you can just look at it. So look is the first step. Look and be honest with yourself. I'll give you an example. I'm somebody who the word, when I started practicing this, found out that my word was pressured. I would feel pressured by some things, right? Um, and when I was able to look at that, then of course I can I can act as if I'm not, right? So we'll go through it. So the, the first one is you look at what you're feeling. The second one is listen to your body when you feel that. Let's say it's sadness. Where do you feel that? It could be in your heart. It could be in your stomach. It could be in your throat. You know, you could, you could get all sorts of different physical responses. And the reason that I want people to listen to themselves is because the next time you go out in the world, um, I'll use the example of pressure because I just mentioned it. Uh, so I feel that in my stomach. If somebody's pressuring me or sort of bullying me, I feel it in my stomach. So once I became aware of that, 
the next time I went out and I felt that little tightening in my stomach of pressure, it was like, I wear this little bell. <laughs> it was like there was a bell going off. You, you feel pressured. You feel pressured. And that brings us to the last step. If I love myself in this moment, what do I, what's the opposite of that feeling? Because that's the feeling that has love. And so the opposite of pressured would might be confident, right? Mm -hmm. That I could stand on my own to feel. I'm just making stuff up, right? Um, that awareness, when that happens, you will not react. You will respond because something has happened where you got out of all this reaction in your body and you just got into your heart and you got back to love and you move forward in the opposite feeling. So in this case, it was confident. So that's, that's one example. So, so that's it. Look at what you truly are feeling. And I, and I think a word a lot of people use is I'm frustrated. So I, you know, I have a PDF that you can share with, with your listeners um, that actually talks you through the three steps. It's a fill in the blank. So it's, it's not open creative writing. You don't have to be creative. You just need to answer the questions. It takes anywhere from one to three minutes. And the clarity that comes from that is amazing because it's not until you are aware of what you actually feel that you're going to be able to change anything. Yeah. And so you will start showing up responding instead of reacting. And that's a very, very different yeah, life. <laughs> yes. It's a peaceful life, right? So it's your, yeah. your, 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 I believe we are all here in life school, right? And we have lessons that we're supposed to be learning while we're here, right? And as we navigate this world, um, I've seen it just, you know, from the time that I was a young girl to the point where I am now, right? Where I had, I had a life prior to technology and now a life living in technology. So I feel for the generations that are coming up now because it's a very different world, right? They are exposed to so many things. And if they don't learn these simple traits, right? It's very easy to get triggered, right? It's very easy to have an emotional response. And I do think what I love about your model is it's very simplistic and even the pdf which we will absolutely attach your um, website to the link and people can contact you and get copies of that it's so simplistic and i love it because it's just it will take just a short amount of time of doing it over and over again and then it will naturally you won't need the paper anymore that's it'll it. just happen internally and then well, that's it. work from a place of that so let's talk a little yeah. bit of how you've used this model um with children um and children maybe i remember you sharing this story um once during the flow challenge of when you were working with like a group of children that were very distressed um and then you decided to use that model and teach them how to do this and they were young children and i loved it i loved the story i think it's really a great example of how this 
can be used by healthcare workers because it's really no different, right? And I'll explain that after you share the story. So right, right. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure. I have so many stories, but I, I think the one was the one where I took them to the forest. Was yes. that it? Yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of my workshops that I do are um, at at a stable where we have our horse, and he's he's my assistant. And on this day, I think we were maybe four or five children meeting and they showed up and usually we do sort of lead work in the arena with the horse. And I thought I could just feel it. Okay, this is not working. These kids are one's over there, one's over there. I don't have them together. I need them back inside themselves. Right. So in instead of thinking I'm being manipulated. I'm, you know, I could have thought all of those things. I mean, I, I've been doing this enough. I know it's it's not about me. And I'm, I have really worked on getting my ego out of the way. It has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with them. And they are disconnected at this moment and they need to be whole again. So I said, you know what? Little change of plans. We're going to the forest. And we had, the, it was just like a three minute walk away. And I, and I got them and I said, okay, everybody sort of like a story you told me about uh, switching gears in, in your mind. If, if you're feeling something where you're triggered, um, I asked them, find three things you've never seen before in nature. Oh, I love and, that. And I, and I let them go into the forest. And I still to this day, I cannot believe the wonders of that forest of of those children. It ended up being absolute pure harmony, completely connected. They ended up putting on a theater show all together. Some kids were, you know, they they really just did it all. Um, that's where with Lookless in Love, I can use it with them in in that I won't necessarily in a case like that ask them to sit down and do the work you know which I do sometimes we do sit down and do a paper but then I at that time that wasn't you know the right time for it but after that now they were in flow yeah right then we could talk about so what were you feeling before? Was that a feeling that needed love or a feeling that had love? And as corny as this sounds, the children that I work with, they don't laugh at it. They're, they're like very quick to answer if it was a feeling that needed love or a feeling that had love. And if I ask them what the opposite is, they're very quick to answer that as well and where they felt that all of those three steps the children can do this very easily and the children that come to me are anywhere from six years to teenagers and and parents as well but um yeah so i mean nature is of course like a wonderful assistant in this whole thing but i will say it's not it's not crucial you know it, it definitely nature is my happy place i believe it's everybody's happy place but you can do this tool in the emergency room you know you can do it anywhere 
um, maybe a good place to practice would be out in nature when, and that's uh, some of the stories I've told you that a lot of my own awareness has come up with animals. Um, you know, they, they bring out these steps in me sort of naturally make me look at what I'm feeling. And, and that's an amazing thing, but, uh, but definitely this can be look, listen, love, basically every single time you are triggered. So, so that's, that means something's happening. You are re you are in the process of reacting and not responding in a stressful situation or, or a sad situation, you know, an, an uneasy situation. As soon as something starts happening in your body, you need to sort of ring the bell and just go to the bathroom, go take a deep breath, anything, and just say, what am I feeling right at this minute? I'm feeling furious, you know, where do I feel it? I feel it in my head. Um, what would the opposite be? Call in the opposite, put love on it. It's like you pour love on it. So the opposite would be, if I didn't feel furious, I would feel loving. And now bring that in. So imagine that it's pouring through your whole body and imagine showing up in the exact same situation with love rather than rage and see what happens. This takes practice and it takes a bit of surrendering the ego voice yeah. to say, because our egos will want us to, to be right and wrong, right? Yeah. To, to, to be right, not, not never to be wrong. <laughs> um, and, and you don't dare choose love in all situations, but actually choosing love is, is the answer. My favorite quote is, if you could only love enough, you'd be the most powerful person in the world. It's by Emmett Fox. And I didn't totally understand that when I first read it, but I sure thought it sounded beautiful. Yeah. And, and now I'm starting to understand, like, if you can really be so brave to love in the face of fear every time, the world starts changing around you. It's it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But it, it takes bravery. Yeah. Yelling is is not brave, you know, or or going into that kind of feeling. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, when I think about um healthcare workers and um this this sort of internal desire and call to action, I mean, every single person that I talk to um, where I talk about their origin, like how did you get into the field of healthcare, right? So, you know, for many people, it's always that, you know, they either make this connection that they really loved caring for another person, or it was related to an experience that they had that that was me personally. Um, I grew up with my mother was a nurse. Uh, she was a CNA first and then became a nurse. But even when we were little, she would take us into the nursing home um, to meet her residents. She was so incredibly proud. And I was always around people, but I never thought I could really do it until my grandmother was sick. And um, I was side by side with my mother, learning just how easy it was to provide care. And I was like, oh, I should be doing this, right? It just was like an awakening in me, right? So I do believe when it comes to healthcare workers, 
I think why this model really helps them is because when you think about it, they're interacting with perfect strangers. I mean, people that are coming from all parts of our universe, right? Different yeah. backgrounds, you know, different generations, different ways of thinking, different biases, you know, whether that's implicit or not implicit, it doesn't matter, right? They, they're exposed to that. And it's not as if you can ever get to this state where, where you can, where we're, I want to say we're emotionally intelligent enough to be able to say, I'm going to put my hat on to deal with this person this way. And I'm going to put my hat on to deal with this person this way, because it just winds up being that we're so rushed and we're so busy and we're rushing around this earth and we're not even stopping to think about how maybe that my interaction with that patient might be triggering me and might be ultimately affecting the way I deliver care to that person. Exactly. And, yeah. And that's where I see that model. And, and so I want you to talk a little bit because I, I mean, I live at the, the beach, so I, I know the power of nature. Um, I actually have a tattoo on my foot, which is a wave as a reminder um, of that feeling when you have your feet into the, into the water, um, yeah. how that energy can just really fill you up um, and just make you whole. But not everybody has access to nature, but I do think we're all around um, people. We are all, hopefully many of us are around animals. Um, I said, told you this morning before we started the podcast that I was walking my dogs and um, you know, exactly. my, my dogs um, are a great opportunity to remind me to slow down at times to really enjoy like the walks and the times with them instead of being so rushed. And I, you know, this yeah. morning I was feeling that anxiety coming up because I was like, oh, I'm gonna do with this podcast and then I've got to walk the dogs. And I was like, no, wait, like slow it down. Right, That's let me right. look at this holly yeah. bush. Let me take my time out. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the work you've done um, with your horse um, and how you've used that to help people find that emotion, like, you know, in, in, in kind of interacting with that horse, because it's not like you can come in and just start being the horse's best friend. I mean, that's not how no, it works, absolutely. right? No, so no. There's an exchange, yeah. it's almost like a dance and, and they're picking up your energy and you're picking up their energy. So tell us, how do you use that analogy of animals and um, really to get it down to that simplistic state of making people make that connection? Like we are all beings on this earth and we are all interconnected, but if we're not even aware of each other's energy, how that how that really can affect another person or another being, right? Like a horse, yeah. right? Right, right. Well, for example, like with children, it it can be it can be hard to talk about things if if they don't want to talk about something. Maybe they've lost a grandparent, or you know, whatever. Parents are getting divorced, whatever. It, it can be a bit much to be, let's go right into, so how does that make you feel when, you know, that, so, so the animals, why I call them my assistants, they have acted as the buffer, as uh, the, the safe place to talk about feelings. And, and it's for a child, it, and, and even for an adult, um, I can just ask them, come out and, and just observe what what do you see what's happening or if the, if I'm working with a child, for example, um, and I take them into the arena and we walk together with the horse and the horse stops and maybe I tell them a story about the horse. This, this is one story that um, I, I told the children that 
this little horse had to be removed from the the big herd because he was actually, even though he was the smallest one, he was bullying oh. all of the other horses. And then this was a whole discussion, right? So it's just, it's like this indirect way because we we're talking about the horses. So we're not talking about the kids school classroom whatever so it, it is this buffer and and when i asked each of them you know how do you think he feels that he has to be separated from the other group every child had a different word right right and one little boy said embarrassed and mm -hmm. i said yeah i i bet he is and you know i just we have to figure out what to do with him but we we then talked about it and talked and and everybody had a different feeling i think he would feel you know uh sad or and and then i'd ask them why and that that's usually bringing up something that's happened with them yeah and then i said okay what can we do because i don't believe that he's a bad horse how can we make him feel better and I let them come up with all the ideas and they did, they made signs and they were cheering for him and everything. And eventually he did get back into the big herd. So that was, that was really good. But so I use them. It's so organic. I, I can't even, you know, tell you what one session looks like because it's not step one, two, three, four, everything depends on the horse, depends on the child, depends on the parent. It's, and and I'm sure it's the same in 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 the hospitals. Like yeah, I was just going to say, the you, exact same way, right? You don't know how much sleep somebody got, how much food they've eaten that day, or thrown up that day, or or whatever. Um, so, but going from a place that that you enter the room with love, no matter what, is is what this is. This is the goal of look, listen, love. It means that you can show up in every situation acting with love. So that means no judging that this lady, and let's say, especially with elderly lady, we, we there's so many possibilities that could be going on there, right? Uh, dementia, uh, sadness, what, whatever, right? We don't know the storm they've been through. And to to be able to show up and not take it personally, ever, anything that feels slightly uncomfortable, just know in your heart, it's not about you. It's yeah. about them. Yeah. And 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 whatever that is, that is almost or maybe is triggering you is a feeling that needs love coming from them because an angry person needs love yeah yeah um i, I have one do, do i have time to oh, you have for one story yeah yeah you have plenty of time a one story where um a lady came to the horse she was she was doing dental work yes horses need dentists <laughs> so anyway she was gonna work on one of our horses and um and i had a pretty good relationship with her and then um she she seemed a little, her energy was a little different that day. And I thought, oh, she seemed a little stressed. I'll just tell her maybe she wants to move her truck now before somebody else tells her to when she's in the middle of the procedure. So I told her, 
and whoo, she almost bit my head off, right? Like, I don't have time to do this. Da, 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 da. And I could have felt yeah. attacked, uh, demeaned. I mean, you know, the list could go on of what I could have felt, but I chose not to. And, and I actually did this just standing because she's working on the horse. I just stayed quiet. And with my mind, I just started sending her love. I just imagined her entire body being covered in love because I knew whatever made her do that, that's not the real her. And she just needs love. But I wasn't going to say it because you might think I'm like crazy, right? So, <laughs> So I right. just did this. And that's what I mean. The point of look, listen, love is to get lo the feeling and energy and vibe of love to everyone, to yourself. Yeah. I definitely sent it to myself, but I, but I knew this wasn't about me, which was good because I, I think that in nursing would be a big thing. Remember, it's not about you. It's, it's whatever they've brought in. Anyway, about two minutes later, she looks up at me, she starts crying and apologizes for talking to me like that, that her mother was sick. And, you know, then there was like a whole story. And then I went over and started crying with her and we were hugging. And I mean, it was actually turned out to be like this really, really strong, beautiful moment. Now the horse was there for this. I like to think that he had something to do with, um, bringing us to our center. I think it's very easy when he's around. You seem to to be able to access this inner wisdom around the horses. And I've seen that time and time again, even with adults, that, you know, they they just require you to to touch into your heart. Yeah. 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 I but mean that, that was wonderful. But yeah. And I think animals are are beautiful in that because they're so sensitive to feelings. Um, and you can often see it in animal behavior. At least I think you can see it easier in animal behavior than us trained as humans spotting it in human behavior. So I do, you know, I would love it if we could get to a place where, you know, as we're educating um, healthcare workers and as we are talking about these complexities of, you know, this is the reality. We are providing care. We are serving people. Um, we may see some of the manifestations of those things that are, like you said, not a feeling of love, right? And if we literally just keep it compartmentalized of, is that a, fe that's a feeling that isn't love. And how do I replace that with love? Right. Right. And and yes. if I just operate in that space as a caregiver, right? That's if it. I just That's it. allow my ego to drop and I just That's say, it. it's not about me, right? It's um, not. Yeah. And it's about me taking an action that will not only change the person that I'm providing care to, but in the end, it's I guarantee it's going to make the person feel better. Right. That's because true. for those of us that have had, and believe me, I've had hundreds of these experiences over my nursing career, where, especially when I was in oncology, where, you know, people mm. get diagnoses or you get this misdirected anger that people are just so right. angry of, right? Yeah. The, the diagnosis. And so you wind up being almost like that human punching bag. And so some of yeah. that is just learning that, 
you know, the more we just recognize that this is a natural part of human behavior, um, it's right. going to happen. We should not expect that it's going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. And right. we're here on this earth to, to sort of be those light bearers that because we're gifted, right? And we have this ability to heal. So why not pull this, you know, out of my pocket, this this feeling that can replace that feeling that I'm experiencing with some type of love. Um, yeah. And again, that could be words, it could be touch, it could be quiet, still silence, like you experienced, right? Where you just- Yeah, like literally sending it, sending a, a center of forgiveness because I knew this, was not the real her. And it doesn't matter if I didn't, I still do it, you know, just, okay, this must hurt so much to make you act like that. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, going back to the whole Corona thing, that's what I was seeing, like so much hurt inside of people. And it just manifested in throwing one, one another under the bus. Right. But yeah. all all of it was like deep, deep, deep need for love. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when I look at our world, I see so much pain and suffering, right? And some people have gotten really good at disguising their pain and suffering. Um, it lives at very deep levels and it only manifests out like when it gets to that volcan volcanic moment, right? And phew, like we see it and it's it really is a byproduct of technology right because now like when i was a child i always say thank goodness we didn't have cameras back then right if i did something stupid nobody the world didn't see it right oh, no. but now if you think about like when people are are getting explosive it's being caught on video and it's going viral yeah. and it must just yeah. then make you feel even worse because we all are imperfect we're all going to have lapses of judgment there are always going to be moments of time where we are not going to be at our personal best. And one of the things that works for me, and I'm sure this works for you in nature, but, you know, I, I, I love this idea of just, you know, focusing on my breathing when I feel like I need to be in the stop in the soft, still silence. Um, when things are swirling around and happening to really just focus there. And I was going to share a story, um, from my journal, but when I was um, doing my research for this podcast and I was reading different stories, I was really struggling with picking the right story. And then I really thought, you know, what I see is the two common themes. I see, you know, serving during chaos, which was um, a byproduct of being forced to just manage in a way that none, that was unfamiliar to everybody. And we were all struggling. And then I also see this tremendous guilt and sadness. Um, for me in particular, my service was in long-term care. So I always tell the story that, you know, prior to COVID, some of the things, and I, and I came into long-term care very late at the end of my nursing career. It's so funny how it's uh, started as a child and then how it drew me back in and where I, I ended. But I went from having um, those relationships with residents where we could laugh and have fun. And even though it was crazy and chaotic, it was still enjoyable. Like you could take those moments. And I read my, some of my journal entries prior to COVID where I would just find those moments to just 
enjoy maybe if a resident had a treatment and it was for like a, a cream for um, a muscle ache on their shoulders that I would take the few extra minutes to just really concentrate on rubbing it in and 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 make and having conversation and and just listening to that resident respond and saying like oh that's so good it feels so good thank you so much right and and just like that fulfillment of feeling like oh that is why I do this work right but then COVID happened and it changed everything for so many healthcare workers so for that person like for me I feel like this is this call to to do this podcast was really a call it was uh, I told my husband it was unrelenting, like voices over and over in my head, just chasing me down saying like, this has to happen, right? So, but for people that haven't gone through this journey to really even begin to start healing, what advice would you give like that doctor or nurse that's still in that state of, I haven't really recovered from COVID, um, from all those feelings, um, I'm still trying to navigate in this world where it's a strange world because we're not back to pre-COVID ways. Um, you know, we still have this intensity for people being really on edge and, um, you know, and, and that can make it so difficult as a caregiver to unpeel those layers of the onion. So what advice would you give to somebody that was really wanted to go on this journey of healing um, and where should they start? Is it with that? Is it with that um, model? Is it with just nature and noticing? What would you say? I, I would say it would start with catching yourself when you're triggered. So that is basically anytime you are judging, shaming, blaming, guilting, just be aware. And that can be to yourself or to anybody else. So when I'm teaching this, these three steps, I often say for one day, one week, whatever, but start with one day. Just notice when you're doing it, when you're judging. And just leave it at that, right? And just, you, you might be like driving in the car and you're like, you stupid idiot. And then you're like, oh, right. She said, notice when I'm judging. That's judging. Um, somebody jumps in front of you in the grocery store line and you're calling them a name in your head. That's judging. So really taking it down to the small things, where do you judge? Even with your kids and your, your spouse and family, when are you judging? Let it go for just, just a day. Just see what happens because this is an exercise in awareness. It, it, the, the road to healing begins with awareness. It almost ends right there too, but <laughs> it, it's so important. It is the most important thing. You will not be able to navigate on the earth as a loving, compassionate being if you are going around mentally or verbally judging others. It's yeah. you've got to be aware and don't beat yourself up for doing it. Commend yourself for noticing it because yeah. some things we do, we're not even aware we do. Like we, <laughs> this, this is a story um, uh, at Christmas. We were having Christmas at our house and I was, you know, Christmas, you're trying to get everything ready and I have the stuffing going and this and that. 
And one of my girls said, mom, but what, what can I do to help? I said, I don't know, but could you just get that dog out of here? And they, and they go, yeah, but mom, he's not barking. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I mean, I felt like such a, a crazy woman, right? I was like, oh my God, he's, he's not, right. he's not barking, but I'm, I'm, I was on stress mode. So yeah. it came out and then I was aware of it. You know, I mean that, yeah. that I actually, because I do practice this so much, that's rare that that happens, but you know, it's also a great reminder that no, even if you teach this for a living, like this it's hard work so it but but it's that it's that simple and it's the small things yeah how do you close a refrigerator are you closing it like this because somebody else didn't make the meal or slamming drawers or whatever it is even if it's the way you clean up I mean I try to catch myself if I'm annoyed to to notice I'm annoyed that's judging because I think somebody else should be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and then just trying to go back into my heart, wondering where it is. That's the next step, right? Where do I feel that actually in my heart? Oh, okay. And just by having this little inner discussion, you know, that, that feeling of annoyed, which maybe was at a nine, suddenly goes down to, that's on the PDF too, so that you rate it from zero to 10. How annoyed are you? So maybe before I caught myself in it, I was at a nine. Then I became aware of it. Then I looked at where it is in my body and it starts coming down right. because what you're doing is it's no longer you. It's no longer my whole being is annoyed. It becomes this little thing like an object that I can take out of myself and put on the table and oh. and and that's the exercise in in the middle exercise is is to actually try drawing it and coloring it because it, it's again separating it it's not your whole being it is not who you are it is not the truth of you the truth of you is you are relaxed right right and just to get yourself back there. It, 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 it does require that awareness. So honestly, I would say that's the first thing, just start noticing it. I love that. Just, and and just I will notice. tell you, you know, it makes me think about the Danish culture um, and the power of our environment, right? And how we can really understand how do we make our environment um, a place where it can be comfortable and cozy. And I think of the, I, and I know I'm going to say this wrong, Huga, no. right? Um, so this concept of Huga, I've had many Danish friends, I'm picturing them all in my mind right now, who um, taught me this, who had me over their homes to show me how this works. Yeah. And, um, so let's talk a little bit about Huga. Um, sure, what is, sure. What is this idea? I know we're going a little off script, but I think it's so That's important okay. for people to understand this idea of, you know, when you come home from work or when you are, you know, coming home from those shifts, how can you alter your environment to actually find this beautiful place of rest and relaxation where it's cozy, where you can begin to start unwinding and doing these practices? Absolutely. So yeah. 
share with our audience yeah. a little. So I, I think it's it's completely relevant to this because like I said in the, in the beginning, look, listen, love is to get you to the state right. of hygge, which right. is how we are supposed to be living our lives in hygge. And I asked a lot of my Danish friends because you had told me you were going to ask about that. And I'm like, well, I think I understand, but I'm a New Yorker. So let me just ask people. And and they all said, it's, it's this place where you feel safe. Yeah. Right. And, and that it's like safe in every way. Right. So like a like a freedom. And I think, you know, a little bit if I'm thinking about what I what I was last saying about noticing when when you're annoyed. Right. Well, Hugo would be like the opposite of that, where you don't notice that there's a basket full Correct. of laundry. You Correct. don't you don't notice there's a dishes are still there because there's another saying it's a great one it's it's put midday it means like forget about it like <laughs> it's nothing it's nothing put midday put midday and so the, it is a mentality here it's um true. not everybody but you know um it 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 is a feeling it's a feeling of of safety relaxation and togetherness yeah right so and they can actually say it about a conversation like i would say to you now oh arlene that was such a hugely conversation we had mm -hmm. to sit here two friends talk about what we're passionate about and has meaning and purpose it's like we're free to be ourselves we're you know this is that's huge that's a, I have actually, I'm going to show you this. This is something that I always serve this tea, puka love tea. Yeah. And I always serve that to the children when they come. So up, up at the stable, I try to bring Hugo because I want them, like I said, I teach love and I want them to feel love. I want them to smell love taste love so often hygge has to do with food too and you know it's like all your senses yeah. in this beautiful connected whole free space right so i actually when the kids come to me at the horses i've taken our old uh horse trailer taken out all the compartments all the horse stuff and i've i put in a bookshelf and a little table and art supplies. And after we've interacted with horses, we go into the state, into the little horse trailer. It's adorable. And I serve love tea with honey and I usually bake them something. Wow. Um, and they love it. And, and I'm not a good baker. And they're always like, mom, get the recipe. and. Right. It's and, more and they, about the experience, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, all my Danish friends, when they, the one thing that I really appreciated um, in working with my friends in Denmark was that they had this ability that they worked really hard when they were at work. And then when they got home to their families, it was really about setting that environment to make it cozy yeah. and comfortable and relaxing so that they could have a window of time where they were together having conversations, whether that was lighting candles or whether that was yeah, having- Yeah, we light a lot of candles. Light a lot of candles. 
I mean, I bought some great candles in Denmark, right? So I do think that that um, speaks volumes, right, to this idea that, you know, sometimes as caregivers, we have to think about how we're spending our time when we leave our shifts, right? How are we, when we're getting home, finding ways to find rest and relaxation? And that's very hard for many people. I know for me, during uh, the pandemic, there were many times when I worked back-to-back shifts. I did a lot of weekends because I was also consulting during the week. And thank goodness my employer was amazing and supportive and uh, really helped me do that, right? And But, you know, there were many times when I didn't have that time to rest. Um, but I do think we have to build in that. We have to think about the how. Like, how are we actually finding that place where we're allowing ourselves to let our environment just be something that's more comforting. And it's not something that's triggering us um, to stay into that state um, where we're, you know, we, where, where more love is needed. Right. Right. Well, in, in that, I, I would say, you know, absolutely Hugo when you're home, but find the ways to bring it to work. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, you know, I, I mean, my my sessions with the children at my home annex um, have completely evolved into also making it nice for me, right? Yeah. That, you know, I like this tea. I, I made them my favorite Indian dal and they loved it. And, you know, I just thought, yeah. And then we have many nationalities in the group. And I said, okay, uh, St. Patrick's Day, my parents are Irish. Uh, I'm, I made a whole scones and, and, you know, Irish breakfast tea and the whole bit. And, and then they got to choose on another day what, you know, so, so really celebrating one another is a really great way to, you know, I think even that example that you gave with, with putting that, that, that lotion on that patient, um, and how much it meant it's bringing Hugo into like probably you're not allowed candles but maybe you can do these you know i have one of these here these little uh you know yeah the electric electric yeah this one's not working now but yeah you know doing things like that and really thinking okay how can i bring the cozy yeah with them or a kind of tea I don't know, you know, I don't know what's, what's allowed and, and, but it, it will come if you're open to it. A hundred percent. Like, I believe in asking the universe for help, like help me come up with ideas that the children will resonate with. And then it just comes, you know, so, so you can also, I would also say to healthcare workers, ask for assistance, um, no matter what you believe in. And even if you don't believe in anything, then just think of it as an intention or an affirmation. Um, may I be guided uh, to, to bring a sense of love to every patient I am with today. I mean, I, I do that with the children that I work with. I, I ask, let me say what they need to say. Let me come up with an idea that will make them feel seen, heard, and understood, and mostly loved. I want them all to know their love. And no matter what, 
like I think you know we both have the the same challenge right that you don't know what behavior you're going to get but if you can remember it's not about you this is only a need for love that's yeah. it if there's if there's an angry bickering complaining patient hypochondriac patient well that's a need for love yeah I you know I, I always say to parents, if you think your child is doing something just for attention, then all they need is attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple, right? I feel like um, our conversation, I feel like we could have gone on for hours and I'm yeah. so thankful <laughs> that um, we had this conversation. Um, you and I have been talking for a while of making this happen of, with your schedule in Denmark and my schedule here in the US. Um, and I'm so thankful grateful. Noreen, before we end the podcast, can you tell um, our audience where they can A, get the tool, find more information about maybe workshops or maybe, you know, somebody might know somebody that they even want to just have a conversation with you to say, Absolutely. how do you actually um, make this happen, right? Sure. So my website is noreenosullivan.com. And you'll find everything there, but Instagram is, I've got a lot of videos there, teaching Look, Listen, Love. Um, anybody can either DM me or email me through my website, and I will send the PDF for Look, Listen, Love, which is this super easy fill in the blank. Um, and my books are on there, my children's books, and I am working on a parenting book right now. That's what I'm currently busy with. And that will be Look, Listen, Love for Parents. So that that's in the pipeline. So please, uh, please do. Stay tuned, out. right? And, and I answer my own DMs and everything. So I always answer emails and DMs. So people are always welcome to reach out to me. This is my passion. This is my life. I yeah, it, it gives me purpose and I'm more than happy to speak to anybody. I love it. So I will tell you, I think it's something that we all need to practice, right? As healthcare workers, we need to just give love, right? And give lots and lots of it. And I know that I'm asking you to do something where some of you are saying that is so hard and you don't understand what I'm dealing with or where I'm dealing with or, you know, That's right. what area I'm in. It doesn't matter. Um, again, let go of that inner voice in yourself that it's about you has nothing to do with you and if we do just show love if we just stop in our tracks in that moment and we take that second out to really just think how can i give love instead right it's going to be a game changer um for the field of healthcare and for healing other people and not just healing other people but healing your heart um through the great sadness um, Noreen, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. It was this just was such a so great, lovely. great, great. And I just feel like I need to get on a plane and go visit Denmark again. It's been <laughs> but way you're welcome. Long, you're so welcome. Um, to do that visit. Um, but um, if you are for our audience, if you don't hear it enough, I can't say it enough. Thank you for everything you do every single day. I recognize, just like many people in this world recognize, it's a conscious choice to be a caregiver and, and you are doing it and you're doing it yeah. well and you are making a difference. Even when you feel like you can't make a difference, you are, you're making a difference and you should be so proud. So join me on our next podcast. And until then, everyone, thank you for everything that you do in the care of people who desperately need it. Goodbye.
Thank you, Arlene. Bye.